Hey, everybody. Welcome to season two of Mindful Morning. I'm Ashley Walkney. I'm a coach, a counseling grad student, a wife, a daughter. And on this season of the podcast, I want to talk about two things that might seem in conflict peace and productivity. You see, as human beings, there's that deeply human part of ourselves, the part that wants to be productive. It informs the kind of partner or parent you are, what you bring to your work, whether you stick with your goals. It's the action. And then there's that being part, a rarely inhabited but deeply real space inside our own skin, a wiser part of ourselves that perhaps can inform the kind of action we take on a human level. So what I want to argue and what I want to explore is that it's not one or the other. That to live a fulfilling, purpose-centered life requires connection to both, the human and the being parts, peace and productivity. But how do we do it? That's the challenge for us all. And that is what the season is all about. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a new year and to a new season of the podcast. Uh, I was thinking about how I wanted to go about this season, and I decided that I, I really wanted to ask you a question each week. I want to ask you some big, tough, universal question that life asks of all of us, and then give you a chance to go into your life and find out, how am I answering this? What kind of impact is it having? Because I think that's what would be most useful not just some general stuff, but what am I doing and how is this affecting things? So then we can talk about how we're answering this and how we might change our response if we find that it's going to put us in a better position to be who we want to be and how we want to be in our life. So before I ask the first question, I want to give some credit because none of what I talk about comes out of thin air. None of it is my personal ideas. It comes from decades of research on something that evolved into what we call ACT, which is acceptance and commitment therapy, or I call it training because I use it in coaching. But Dr. Stephen Hayes was one of the founders of this, and it's not just for coaches or therapists. It's for everybody. It's just a radical shift in the way we look at and relate to our own human experience. And it comes out of decades of research that was done with the sole purpose of trying to understand why do people do what they do and how does the human mind work? And what was found was very surprising. It contradicts a lot about what you'll have learned probably as a kid growing up. It contradicts a lot about what you hear in the media and self-help books, um, suggestions about solutions to this stuff. And so if you keep listening to the season of the podcast, you're going to get a better understanding of, of why that is. So Dr. Stephen Hayes is the first person, and the second person is my dad, Dr. James Pontius, um, who was the first person to introduce me to all of this years ago um, at a time when I was 
personally going through a lot in my own life. And he had seen Dr. Hayes at a lecture, uh, and it had completely shifted the way he viewed therapy and the way he dealt with his own problems in his life. And so he introduced it to me about 12 years ago and started teaching me about it. And it, it just affected me to such a point that I ended up changing my career and I ended up here talking to you. So here we are. <laughs> All right. So the question I want to ask today, and it's the most basic fundamental question there is, it's the question Dr. Stephen Hayes first asked, is this, what do you do about difficult thoughts and feelings? So if you're feeling really stressed or angry ashamed or sad, or if something, you know, is really, you know, somebody's trying to get on your skin, you're, they're really trying your patience, or maybe you're at a crossroads in your life, or if you're just about to do something that absolutely terrifies you, what do you do with that turbulence when it shows up inside your own skin? So Dr. Stephen Hayes wanted to know the answer to that question, what do people do about difficult thoughts and feelings? So he and a team interviewed people all around the world, different cultures, races, backgrounds, religions, complete diversity. And they asked them, and I'm going to ask you to go ahead and do this. I want you to think about some kind of psychological struggle that you know about. And maybe it's like a self-judgment or an urge, a memory a painful or difficult emotion that you hate, but just something that when it shows up and it's at its strongest, you just feel and maybe you act at your very worst. And then what Dr. Hayes had these people do is think of a physical posture that might symbolize what that feels like put your body in some kind of posture so that I and other people would get it. This is what it feels like to be me when this shows up. And what was so interesting is that it didn't matter who the person was, where they were from, how much education they had. Everybody did the same thing. They all chose closed body postures, whether it was eyes closed or arms crossed, bodies caved, as if we are all just trying to protect ourselves from this thing that feels like it's attacking us, right? That we're just wanting to hide or to fight, like we're being attacked, but we're being attacked from within. And so this is what he found. This is what people do about difficult thoughts and feelings. We all just try to hide or to fight, but we do something to make it disappear, Except you know how you can hide or fight in an actual attack and it does actually help you to win? Like it is actually a solution? Well, Dr. Hayes then asks, how old is that? How long have you been trying to get rid of that thought, feeling, memory, urge, sensation? And you can look at this for your own experience and ask yourself the same question. How long has this, been, this struggle been around? Is this a problem that is new? And what he found was that in most cases, it's not new. In fact, in a lot of cases, it's so old, it goes so far back that we can't even pinpoint when it first began. And how is that possible? 
you know, if hiding and fighting is supposed to work for protecting you against a threat, why are these problems so old? It doesn't seem to work in the same way. And so this is what Stephen Hayes and his team had to ask. How is that possible? And what was determined was that whereas you can control threats outside of your skin, you cannot control the stuff you don't like showing up inside. Our private experience, thoughts, feelings, urges, memories, sensations in your body, these things are not under our full control. And it's our attempt to try to control them that ends up making us less peaceful, less productive, and often creates more damage in our lives. I'll give you a couple examples. If you're feeling really stressed, let's say you you go and you smoke a cigarette or you give your, you know, self a pep talk and just tell yourself to push through it. Those are fighting strategies. They're going to make it feel like it disappears for a while, but then it comes back, right? You have to repeat the same strategy over and over. And what does it cost you? Peace to your body and mind. And if you flip it around and you try to hide from the stress, you end up doing things like making excuses and avoiding your work. So it's going to make it feel like the stress disappears. But what does it cost? The cost is productivity. And let's talk about change, right? Have you ever tried to change something like maybe change your diet or a bad habit? Maybe you've struggled with an addiction. You know, that urge to do the habitual thing, it shows up and it's so uncomfortable. We just resist it. We try to fight it, like change our thinking, rationalize, distract. But what often happens is eventually we get tired of fighting because the urge is so painful or it just keeps coming back and it exhausts us. So eventually there's only one other solution. Eat the food, take the drug, do the habit. And we do it. Why? To make that urge, that painful urge disappear. Even though it costs us peace and productivity to our goals to change. So this fight for control right? It drives us all crazy. We just want to get rid of it. And you could check in with your mind right now because your mind might even be saying to you as it hears this, what are you saying? Are you saying just get over it? Are you saying that this is just a struggle I'm going to have forever and there's nothing I can do? So if that's what's happening, I'd like you, if you could just do me a favor, thank your mind for its comments and hold those thoughts a little lightly because it's not what I'm saying. I am saying that this is a problem your mind can't solve, doesn't know, can't know, will never know how to solve it. I'm saying that you can do something that your mind can't do. And dealing with this requires us to use a different part of ourselves. But before we talk about that part, it's really important, I think, to know that the mind is a problem-solving machine. That's what minds do. That's what they're there for, to try and solve problems, to make them disappear. So it's going to continue to try and compel us and to tempt us down this dead-end path for three reasons. The first reason is evolution. The human mind has evolved to control things, and it works really well for most everything else. We have cars and technologies and medicines. Think of all the amazing solutions that our mind has come up with. It thinks it can solve anything. 
The second reason is programming. We are programmed this way from a very young age. Programming is the messages you get as a kid growing up that imply that you should be able to control your thoughts and feelings. Stuff like suck it up, get over it, move on, stop crying or I'll give you something to cry about. Ever heard any of that? When you're a kid getting these messages, what's really going on here is that the adult is saying to the child, I don't like the way I feel when you feel the way you feel. Stop feeling how you're feeling so I can stop feeling how I'm feeling. And you have to wonder, right? If people could really do that, why didn't the adult stop feeling how they were feeling first instead of asking a child to do something they couldn't even do? But you know, as a kid... You look up to these adults, right? And you think that they know something until you grow up and you become an adult. And then you see that adults are a mess. (laughs) The third reason that we do this is short-term reinforcement because it seems to work. It, It does get our needs met temporarily, even though it's not a permanent solution. It keeps coming back. We have to repeat the same strategy. And the more we do it, the more it tends to cost us. But it pays off in the moment. And so it hooks us into keep doing it. So here's what it comes down to. What are you going to believe? Your mind or your experience? Are you going to believe your mind and it's all of its logical, rational, creative ideas that show up and suggest that if I do this, I will feel better? And all of those books and advertisements that suggest that there is a permanent solution if you just try harder? Or are you going to believe your own experience? Your experience, which suggests that the stuff we struggle with the most tends to come back despite our efforts, and that when we drive down that road and we do things with the sole objective of trying to defeat thoughts, feelings, memories, urges, sensations that we don't want, we are driving in the opposite direction of peace and productivity and who we want to be in our life. So in the introduction, I talk about how we're not just humans, we're human beings. This black and white, logical, strategizing type of approach to dealing with problems, this is the human part. The mind is the tool we use to function on that level, and it works really well for most things. But we have to explore the level of being, the being part. It's just a wiser part of ourselves. It's the part of you that can watch your mind when it tries to make that stuff disappear. It's the part of you that can watch that with the perspective and the distance. When the mind says, I have to get rid of this. I have to make this go away. This is too painful. It's the part that is not in the pain, that is can step back and help you open up and respond in a more loving, wiser, self-compassionate way. And so what if we could all learn to gain that perspective? What if in the middle of that turbulence, when it's pulling us down that path, when it's hooking us and pulling us in, what if we could stop and step back and see, oh, here's my mind and here's me. 
And that's my mind reacting to stop and to choose. What do I want to do now? Words like vulnerability, openness, willingness, presence, self-compassion, these are words, they're like a foreign language to the practical mind. It just doesn't get it. But the more savvy our mind becomes at controlling things, the more fundamental it becomes that we speak this language and we have that anchor, a connection to being. So here's my suggestion to you for the week. Go into your life and find out, what do I do about difficult thoughts and feelings? You'll find that there's an impulse to want to control them, to hide or to fight, but really it's just a desire to make it disappear. And notice all the ways your mind tries to tempt you down that path. Can you stand with yourself? And be kind to the human part of you when it's at its most vulnerable? Can you have the perspective to be there for yourself as the loving, wise, compassionate one? I think that's a lot to get you started for the week. Next week, uh, I'm not going to tell you what the question is, but start to try and wrap your head around clean versus dirty pain. I hope you'll come back for it. Hey, thanks for listening. Uh, If you got something from this episode, could you just do me a favor and leave some comment or at least hit that ratings button and give me some stars? I would really appreciate it. And if you'd like to hear more from me or you're interested in learning about coaching, you can head on over to ashleywalkneen.com, subscribe to my newsletter, and I'll tell you all about it. See you next time.